Hello and welcome to another episode of The Kosh Cast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex and Mohanad is here. Hello, hello. How are you, my friend? You uh, are a brave man. You ate wings in a white shirt. I was uh, too hungry to do anything about the white shirt. <laughs> so I came in. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to just go for it and be a little more... I guess, what is it, like, human and not go all over the place with the wings? Just just calm with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, finesse, I finesse the wings. Fair. <laughs> yeah. as, as, you, as you did in your youth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. All right, uh, there is plenty to talk about. In fact, there were, there were fewer games in the Premier League, so we might even get round to this. You know how, like, every week we've said, maybe next week we'll talk about Italy or Spain or whatever. We might actually get round to it this week, which would be Yeah, nice. I hope so, because there's been good stuff. Yeah, yeah. We've, been, we've been holding it back like, uh, like a Pogba brother. <laughs> um, before we start, though, what's the longest you've ever queued for anything? Ooh, so I've never been one of those people that like queued for the newest iPhone or the newest. No. I've never been like, I know people have camped out there and people paid people to queue for them. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, the Canadian passport renewal process right now, there's people being paid $5,000 to stand in line for people. But uh, the longest I've stood in line, you know what? It's not a, I don't know if this is a queue, but it's to get into a game, a football game in Egypt, actually. Really? It was Ahli Zemalik, and we, and I say we, it's me and my uncle, and my uncle lives in Egypt, and I was visiting, and we made the really bad decision of going to, like, you know, this would be the equivalent game. of, like, a Turkish top game or a Brazilian top game. This is bad. Like, this is pre, this is a long time ago. This is pre-revolution, pre-everything. This is, like, you know, policemen on horses and like me in tears kind of thing in line as a young kid going like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> your, uncle, your uncle's like, we've come this far. Well, I remember the scene of like standing in queue and this horse going on its hind legs and like doing the noises and everything like out of an action movie, like a war movie. Jesus. And I was just done. The whole experience was just ruined. We were behind the goal as well. Like it was just, that's probably the longest I've queued. I would say that was maybe four hours before the game. Wow. Yeah, and you were scared the whole time. That sounds horrible. Mm-hmm. But I remember the game. It, so. the game was good. Zemalek won, so I can't complain. <laughs> Worth it. Yeah. Worth it. I you? think mine was to get into Glastonbury Festival, mm. but that was in the car. So just sitting there in the car for hours. Um, to so get you in queue in your car, and then you park, and then you're good. And then you park, and then you have to. Well, depending on where you camp, but generally, then you have to like drag your camping gear for like an hour oh glastonbury right right i thought for some reason you said like the o2 or something oh glastonbury obviously <laughs> oh, no. right right yeah yeah no horrendous never do it nice Were unless you... you're on a lot of drugs i think well, i feel I like that's say, the only way that... not not in anything harder than yeah no okay nothing that made it easier that's right, right. Put it that way you know right. i think you need some some strong things nothing that kanye yeah, would that. be on <laughs> no no definitely not uh, or that or uh, I think Caitlin and I once lined up when we went to Italy two months after the, the Kosh trip to, to yeah. Europe we lined up for a, a gallery I think the Uffizi gallery in Florence yes and we didn't have an appointment that's the one appointment. that has the David inside doesn't it yeah 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 yeah. Um, yeah mission we both like finished a book in that line I think yeah big gallery small penis <laughs> what it says on the sign yeah in italian though yeah with the hand gestures and it everything. sounds way better yeah yeah we both uh we both kind of came back from the cost trip which was all over europe and then yep. we both went back to europe within a couple of months yep. it was uh ill-planned i mean it was different people sure but like it could have spread that out a little bit that's true but it's it's when you have that knowledge it's good to go and use it immediately because you remember yeah. where everything is and how to function and all that yeah, anyway uh people are probably like can you talk about some football please um and to that i would say no <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're talking about david beckham queuing for 13 <laughs> hours to get a knighthood like, oh my god he's one of us he's so nice <laughs> because what is, what's her name willie Hollaby or whatever these two are called like they went to the vip line and everyone's like they think they're better than us uh, yeah they do yeah. and they are <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm sorry what 
why are you choosing to stand there for 12 hours? So the connection here is that the Queen is a huge Arsenal fan. So that's the connection to football, allegedly. And Prince, uh, what's his name? Philip Williams? What's the son called? Charles? No, 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 sorry. The grandson. uh, The one that's going to be king very soon. Oh, uh, yeah, William. William is an Aston Villa fan. Huge Aston Villa fan. And I don't think Harry watches football. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, I I would actually be very surprised if the Queen's Arsenal fandom was anything more than, like, nominal. But, like, I mean, it's a London club. Maybe she chose one of the clubs back in the day. I mean, if we're talking, you know, she was born in, like, 1926 or whatever the hell it was. Like, chances (laughs) are there weren't a lot of clubs around that we know right now. Arsenal, you know, historic club in London, banging around, uh, you know, saw the Arsenal team went to Buckingham Palace that one time, the only team to ever do it. So, you know, there's little clues here and there, let's say. Yeah, she fell in love with Thierry. Um, Oh, yeah. You know what it could have been? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking two things. One is, if I were her, wouldn't I have picked Crystal Palace just for the Palace? But also, um, maybe because Arsenal have won the FA Cup more than anyone else, right? Oh, yes, 13 times. Correct. And until fairly recently, she was there handing out the, the cup. It's her cup. It feels, yeah. like the, it feels like the Royal Cup, the FA Cup, yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe just by kind of frequency, she saw them more often. Makes sense. We we are the Real Madrid of England. We are the Copa del Rey champions the most sure. times. Yeah. yeah, except Real Madrid can't claim Osama Bin Laden as a fan as well. That's a good point. Yeah. We've got some good ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Arsenal will be making some more fans this season uh, with the football that they're playing. Brentford nil, Arsenal three. Um, much like the funeral, this was a bit of a procession. Which was lovely. 7 a.m., in bed watching this game with zero stress levels. I mean, I, if you go back to the beginning of, of, of the season, all we said was, I want to watch games where I believe we're going to beat the other team with little to no drama. And this was one of those. I mean, Ramsdale barely even showed up on the screen, let alone had a save to make. And I loved it. And if you told me that we could do this away from home without Zinchenko, without Odegaard, I would have been very surprised, especially Odegaard. Um, but the fact is now we have depth. You know, and it shows. And when people were like, why do we spend 35 million on Vieira, who nobody knew um, and kind of didn't play for the first whatever, 10 games, six, seven games of the season, whatever it is. You know, this is why it's because if you want to, you know, I'm not saying mounting a title chance in the sense of you're going to win the title. But if you're trying to be top four, you're pretty much trying to mount a title chance and then just failing and ending up Mm -hmm. in top four. So that's what you got to do. And you can't do it with just 11 players. Um, and and this is kind of why this game ended up the way it did. Yeah, I was um, expecting more from like you. You're right. It was a it was a stress free game in the end because of how dominant Arsenal were. Um, but I didn't expect it to be mostly because of you know what Brentford did to Arsenal at home last season. Um, it was a very different Arsenal team then. Um, obviously, it was Brentford's first game ever in the Premier League. It was also at night. This one was like, these 12 o'clock kickoffs can be very weird. Like You get a lot of weird games. And Brentford just didn't seem there. They, I mean, they, they were pinned back very effectively by the press, but they also just didn't offer anything. Like, Ivan Tony barely got a kick of the ball. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, sometimes you'd say, okay, well, is that just a bad performance by one team or the other team forced them into? And I could safely say I felt that Brentford at the start at least tried to pressure. Mm. And Arsenal were so good on the ball, just kept possession so confidently that it almost broke Brentford's kind of resilience and motivation to try and get the ball. And they were pushed back and pushed back. And, like, there were some beautiful triangles happening between the center backs and midfield. And it just... You, get, you know when you play in these games and the other team, you can just tell right away, technically so sound, you're not going to touch the ball. Um, it is and I demoralizing. Thought, it is demoralizing. I thought Arsenal, this is the kind of thing that we want to see, which is stamp your authority on the game right at the start, score two goals in the first half, and then hopefully kind of cruise to victory. And that's that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And you know what you don't want to see when you're demoralized? A literal <laughs> child coming onto the pitch. <laughs> he, yeah. he was not even allowed to change in the same changing room because he's a minor yeah yeah, he's a 10th grader he didn't yeah. even do his gcse's yet ethan nuaneri i mean look he didn't look 15 uh, you can see why he's risen through the through the ranks because he looked 
1920. The ones that come through rarely do, too. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, I thought that was a, a decent uh, bit of banter from Arteta. I thought it was fitting. He was still in school. Arteta brought him on. He's like, classes in session. Watch this master class. And here we go. <laughs> um, but it was fun. It was cool. And, uh, you know, it's the other... The, so something about, like, Shaka is, like, personally, like, training this kid in the under-16s. Something like that. There's, like, some mentorship thing. Where, what like, a weird Shaka, life. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I know. Um, you've got this mentor in Shaka and whatever. But, you know, it, it's cool. He broke Fabregas' record of being the youngest, I think, at 16. Um, whatever, you never know. If this kid turns out to be something, which the chances are low, as they are, and kind of kids coming through. But if, if he does, then this is going to be a very special moment. Yeah. It's funny. It's um, You can just imagine the kid like being told, right, your mentor is going to be Granite Xhaka. He's like, cool. Haven't seen him play much. Look him up on YouTube. And it's mostly a compilation of Jack just kicking people off the pitch. <laughs> well, he'll listen, won't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, the only thing to see to say on Brentford is um, Thomas Frank is being linked with Leicester a little bit. We'll get on to Leicester, but uh, that would be... I mean, they're a well-run club. I assume they have some backup options. Uh, backup dancers, but that would be that would be pretty big because he seems like the uh, the soul of that club. Yeah, and he seems to be a, a good manager. Like I like the way he tries to play football. Like Brentford, you know, the resources aren't huge. He's got him playing some good stuff. Stayed in the Premier League last season. All that good stuff. Um, I think he's a good manager. I think he's one of the good ones out there. Potter was one, and now he's he's turned to the dark side. So you know, we don't have a lot left. It's true. Um, speaking of the dark side, uh, <laughs> David Moyes got called Moisey in a press conference <laughs> and he didn't like it very much. He did not like Like, it's not disrespectful, <laughs> but you would kind of pick up on someone who's not close to you calling you by your nickname, especially in a... Because this is a professional setting still. It's an interview. Yes. You're being interviewed as a professional, not as a mate. So, you know what? I, I would say, and I don't know if you agree, that if they were doing well, he wouldn't have gotten this upset. No, he wouldn't. All right. It's 100% because they're, they're not doing well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think so. he'd probably still be irritated by it in, internally, but he probably wouldn't have said it. He would probably just would have got on with it because he'd be happy to be answering questions. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. So they, they uh, lost to uh, to Everton 1-0. Which is Frank never Lampard. a good sign. No, not a good sign. Everton winning, Lampard winning, Mope scoring the goal. I mean, it just all came together for Everton. It will be literally dictating the game, Clive. I know. It's insane. He's actually... <laughs> Everton fans love him. Because he puts in a ton of effort, even he though he, he barely knows what day it is. But, like, if you are West Ham, you have to be worried, yeah. I think, by these performances. I mean, they spent a decent amount of money in, in Pakatar and um, Skamaka and like, honestly, Skamaka looks like he doesn't know what he's doing there and Moyes doesn't seem to know how to use it. I mean, the problem is that you've built your success around Mikel Antonio, who is a very specific type of forward and Skamaka is not anything like that profile and so you're trying to use both of these guys and it completely changes the way they have to play and i'm not they just don't know how to do it yet yeah that's a very good point i uh, so arsenal were linked with skamaka and so i watched a lot of videos of him so kind of i'd like to think i know a little bit more about him than than most just because i was like oh is this guy gonna do well or whatever at arsenal and the one thing i noticed is is, is what you said there is like it seemed like, again, I talk about these Italian strikers mm. that kind of want to finish moves but not really be involved otherwise. And I looked at those and I was worried about that from an Arsenal perspective. I'm like, are we good enough to provide that perfect service for him to just tap it in? And I think this is what's happening with West Ham. You're not that team. You need someone who's involved in the play, putting an effort, winning the long balls, kind of putting pressure on the center backs, not a guy who's expecting perfect play from every from the other 10 players to finish off moves and i think that's why he's struggling there yeah it, which is interesting because like if you think about the players that west ham have in bowen and pakata and um well all oh, the little God. guys all those small dudes uh yeah ben rama. ben rama as well and also the oh god what's his name french Kone? yes no um no not Kone. the one they signed in the summer from burnley Kone. Kone. yeah sorry sorry yeah. sorry sorry yeah um like there, there are plenty of players there that are creative and that can deliver across and that can set things up, and it's just not happening yet. And maybe it will at some point, and maybe this will all sound stupid later on in the season. But they do look very devoid of ideas right now. Yep, agreed. 
And but, I think uh, I think I think yeah. next season they're not going to have Rice there either, so they have to start thinking about that. Yeah, maybe give him the last penalty of the season. No. <laughs> um, Everton looking slightly more solid. Doing the the Cody Tarkovsky partnership is uh, is looking all right. They just need to get enough points on the on the table to like not go down. That's like nobody cares about how they're doing, what they're doing, how they're doing it. Just stay in the league. Because, like, at the end of the day, they are Everton. Like, they need to stay in the league. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, well, I mean, so did Leicester, but they're, they're trying very <laughs> difficult not to. Tottenham 6, Leicester 2. Uh, Scoreline doesn't necessarily f- reflect most of the game, which was a, a bit of a ding-dong battle. Uh, but Leicester just... They just can't defend at all. Like this, this was Leicester playing at their absolute maximum, and Spurs were pretty bad for a lot of the game, and still walloped them in the end. Like it, it didn't, it didn't speak well of Rogers' ability to to like sort anything out. Like there were evident problems throughout the game, and he just there was just nothing that he could do about it. Yeah, it was a fairly even first half, mainly because Spurs weren't playing well, not because Leicester were doing anything brilliant. They did mm-hmm. score two goals and things were looking okay. They could maybe hold on here. But then, I mean, the whole Son thing was also a bit of a freak show, right? Like that was, I mean, I know it was already 3-2 at that point, but like you never know, things could have happened, whatever. But the whole Son coming on and scoring three goals in, what, 10 minutes? Was, yeah, uh, give or take. Yeah, yeah well, it was, it was a bit of a freak show. And yeah, I mean, he hadn't scored, I think, in eight games all season. Somehow, um, yeah. And I mean, after he scored his first one, I mean, he was celebrating like I don't know. Well, he like, didn't. He just well. That, that's the thing. There. That's one of those. That's one of those. Like you doubted me, and my life was in tatters, and now I'm back from the dead. Like relax, like <laughs> calm down. I th- well, it was either that or he celebrates while I can't decide which I'd have preferred. Right, and then you I got mean, the celebration was... police. Yeah. Well, yeah. exactly. Um, but I think he celebrated the others a bit more normally. Yes. The second one was like, bloody hell, left foot as well. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, both the first two goals were so good. The, the right <laughs> foot curler into the top corner. And then the left. Like, that was just. See, that left foot goal was just pure confidence. It was just running oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. confidence. Yeah. If the first one doesn't go in, I don't think the second one does. Like, or, or maybe he doesn't even try it. It's because he's been low confidence so far this season. But. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, often people say, oh, you just need one to go in off your toe or whatever. Mm. It is true. It's true. Like, the players get one and the whole world changes. Yeah, so I'll say this as well. I think Conte made three subs right before kind of the slew of goals. Um, so, Royale came in, Son came in, Romero came in. <laughs> your boy, mm-hmm. the Vincent Sanchez. Did you see him on that what first goal? What a tackle. <laughs> Absolute Bambi on ice moment. <laughs> Just an absolute moo moo. Like, what are you? I, I, like, I was watching the highlights. I chuckled. Yeah. I actually chuckled. It was one of those things where, and this is you, you and I talk about this all the time. Is what was your best case scenario? What yeah, was the exactly. best thing that you thought could have happened there? Um, yeah, it was just, it was just brutal. I thought it was um, a little harsh on Lloris that, that penalty got called back because, like. That happens every week. Yeah, all the time. I'm not sure what, the, like, why. Anyway, but yeah. they're they're trying to clamp down on it. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, one of the substitutions that I thought was quite interesting was when Basuma came on. Came on. They went five. Well, like three, five, two, um, and suddenly Hoiberg turned into like. <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne he's like doing flip flaps and through balls and outside of the boot down the line I mean it was very funny he's uh, it reminded me of like Mikel when he played number 10 for Nigeria and defensive like the deepest yeah. defensive midfielder in the world for Chelsea yeah. um, or like what? who was it that we keep saying oh Fred when he like remembers that he's Brazilian <laughs> it was one of those moments where Hoiberg was like okay I have some roaming ability here because you know i don't have to shelter like a winks yeah. or someone yeah um but yeah no he just thought i'm gonna play some football <laughs> yeah very it was funny. good it was just funny yeah yeah um so yeah in in summary leicester are fucked i mean like Br- brendan rogers sounded after the game like he knew it was pretty much done i'd be very surprised if he's still their manager after the international break question is just who what 
personally, I feel like they kind of they're they're almost at the Daishi stage. Yeah, I feel like uh, people sack managers now just to get the bounce, even if you don't have a replacement just yet. But you need that bounce. Things happen somehow, and you know, and you can you can avoid the fact that players do start to give less when they don't agree with the managers or they feel the manager is not doing the right thing or whatever. Um, so you want to get that bounce. I think. I don't know. I'm just thinking someone like, and I'm not saying he's leaving, but I'm thinking someone like a Vieira at the end of the season, not now. At the mm. end of the season, is this his last season with Palace? Like he's going to be like, okay, I've I've done what I've done here, and maybe move on to like a. I, is Leicester bigger? I think it is. You know, like a bigger job potentially. I think so. Just about. If they've got any money to spend, though. If they don't, then it's a no. problem. Did they? Yeah. Did, are they the only club that didn't? Who? Yeah. The only club they didn't that, buy anyone. Yeah. The oh, no, they, they, they buy, bought. Like, they bought that one centre back, um, Wout Faes, who looks exact and plays exactly oh. like David Luiz. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I thought he. If you, I thought you were say he looks and plays exactly like Fofana. It reminded me of when they bought. Uh, <laughs> what's his name to replace Kante? Yeah. Um, uh, that, um, Mendy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of our favourite pieces of <laughs> Premier League transfer. Well, that's fantastic. Bought lookalikes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they they bought that one defender because Fofana left. But yeah, other than yeah. that, they spent absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, I like Daesh is available. Vieira, you're right. That seems attainable at the end of the season. Um, if they could get Thomas Frank out of Brentford, that would be good. But I don't know that that's really possible. I mean, I'm not sure why he'd want to take that risk at this point either. Um, yeah. Like, surely, yeah. surely, if they bring a new manager, they're gonna have to make some promises in the transfer window. Surely. You think? Yeah. No, stop calling me Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wolves nil, Manchester City three. Okay, he, here's here's what I'm gonna do if I'm facing Manchester City. I'll be like, listen, lads, probably gonna get beaten this week, but here's here's one thing that we can try and stop, right? Because City's favorite goal yeah. is this: Kevin De Bruyne passes to someone else vaguely on the inside right channel they hold it up for a minute he runs around the outside they give it back to him he whips it into the corridor of uncertainty and <laughs> someone bundles it into the back of the net usually um, Harland. yeah can someone just make any kind of attempt to stop it happening that's all i'm saying so it's it's funny i keep seeing that i'm like if if i've seen like if i know how city play and what they want to do every time the Bruyne gets the ball there as a keeper i would just move five yards ahead and just stand there <laughs> be like i'm just yeah. gonna grab this ball yeah, like if you, if you just... put it near post and score, fair enough, whatever. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like it's so repetitive. He does the same thing. He just whips it in, and Haaland, this absolute machine, just knows that he just puts his head down and runs onto it. That's every goal this season. There's every game. There's that one goal every game. Well, in this game, it was twice. Unbelievable. First for Grealish. Yep. Uh, oh, some some tasty quotes about Grealish this week. By the way, De Bruyne basically saying like. He came from a place where it didn't matter if he lost. <laughs> Basically, he was irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he even said, I'm not too worried. <laughs> As Ooh. in, you were a little bit, or you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, not looking good, but uh, yeah, nice for Grealish to get a goal because he doesn't get mentioned. I wonder if that interview was in English. Yeah. Okay. Because sometimes the, the other languages can sound harsher translated. Um, I've kind of seen that sometimes when people, especially like some European languages, some Scandinavian languages, like you're a lot more straightforward and to the point and harsher. And yeah. when you translate it to English, it sounds bad. But I guess the Bruyne can give an interview in English now. So yeah, maybe it oh, was yeah. in English because it was harsh. Like people are spitting it like, oh, whatever. No, it was like usually, like even if you think it, you don't come out and say these kind of things like that. For, like he talked like a manager. Yes. And yeah. it was weird. Yeah, it, it showed his status in within the the squad. Yes. He's yes. like untouchable, obviously. But um, you know, even Pep's not going to take him into his office and tell him to stop. Yeah, he he's untouchable it. until like I triple captain him, then Pep decides to sub him, <laughs> you know, or put him on the bench. That's that's the only time. Other than that, he's good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but but I mean, I was thinking about it, and I and I can very much imagine Kevin De Bruyne being annoyed by Grealish. Hundred percent off the pitch more than more than on like he speaks better english than grealish <laughs> he knows more about england <laughs> i mean i jeez yeah so it depends i know we talked about this it depends on how grealish arrived 
if Grealish arrived like I am the best thing in the Premier League and you've just bought me for 100 million, De Bruyne is not having any of it. And I feel like maybe at the start, and then kind of he's slowly settling in and mm-hmm. things are looking a bit better. But yeah, if he arrived with that attitude, it's just not going to work with someone like De Bruyne, who, for how skillful he is, works extremely hard. Extremely hard. Yeah. Yeah. Same, <laughs> so, and same yeah. with Haaland. Like, you know, there's no messing about. He makes 100 runs so that the one that he makes, you know, to get to get the ball once. Like, it's... Yeah, yeah there's compilations of Haaland just making runs that he never gets the ball. And there's yeah. so yeah. many every game, so many. But it, but he kind of plays the numbers game where it's like, well, I'm going to make all of these if it means I'm going to score every single game. Yeah, exactly. Which he is and will. And um, also, so sorry, you said the thing about Haaland kind of not taking it. Like, did you see that interview after the Dortmund game? Uh, the interviewer said... Um, oh, like Dortmund know you and, you know, they were very effective at stopping you. And he went, wait, they didn't stop me. I scored. And he's like, okay, but you know what I mean? He's like, no, I just, like, I scored. Yeah, like, but you only got one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. at the very, de- like, at the death, like, they, you know, he want- basically he wanted to say they stopped you for 89 minutes. <laughs> but Halam's like, set the record straight. They did not stop me. Like, Fine. Yeah. Yeah, he- he's serious about this stuff. Absolutely. Um, You know what you also want to do if you're trying to stop Haaland is not kick someone in the chest and get sent off after 30 minutes that's also a good point yeah you don't want i mean they they only just signed diego costa so they <laughs> you know that might happen more often than they would like uh yeah I, wolves have barely won it. i mean they're they're just above the relegation zone yeah, yeah that's, not... that's, an, that's that's another agent signing for them another portuguese-ish agent signing thingy Oh, Diego I know. Costa. I know. I know. He's span like he he has the nationality, but like at yes. the end of the day, I, f- I think of him as like Brazilian slash Portuguese. Mate, I um, watched the um the like introduction video of Diego Costa, like when he arrives the at the club and does yeah. the medical and all that stuff. Twenty minutes <laughs> long, a bit self indulgent, Wolverhampton. But I'm the idiot sitting there watching it. Anyway, um, <laughs> he comes in, and I swear, like he barely has to speak any English because obviously everyone there speaks Portuguese. Right. Um, and then after you get through all the medical and stuff, they take him out into the training field, and he's just doing a few drills with one coach because he can't train with the rest of the team yet. And my God, he looks like he's never played football in his <laughs> life. Where was he, by the way? He was unemployed like... after a stint at Atletico Mineiro in Brazil. Really? Eh? Yeah. So leave the Premier League. Yeah. Go to whatever Atleti, I think, or whatever it was. Yep. Then retire in go to Brazil first, play, retire, and then the next logical move is back to the most physical league in the world. After a whole bunch of injuries. All right. Yep. To replace not only that to replace a guy who just did his ACL and Raul Jimenez. <laughs> like this is the biggest collection of injured gits I've ever heard. Oh man, Newcastle. Speaking of teams that don't win games, Newcastle won. Bournemouth won. Listen, I know Eddie Howe's your boy. He is. And clearly he's Newcastle's boy too because they just gave him a three-year contract. But Newcastle have won one game all season. So, is it Eddie Howe's fault that he raised the bar and there's expectations now? <sighs> yeah, no. They. I mean, the bar was raised when the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia took over the club. <laughs> and we're like, we Listen, have more money than literally anyone else in the world. They're sitting in 10th. Oh, wow. They only have eight points out of seven games. They haven't won any. They've won one game. But they're one of those teams that like are fun to watch. So you kind of forget that they maybe drew too many games. <laughs> they drew, I think, the, like all their last five or something. Something ridiculous like that. They won, yeah. they won one and drew. Wait, win yeah, one, draw drew... four. Yeah. yeah. So they only lost two out of seven. That's why it feels positive. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And there was also the, the big 3-3 draw with City, which I think, Yes. Gave them a lot of credit, but it, yeah, they need to start winning some games. They do, and I think they're trying to do it the right way. Like they're playing well. Joe Linton, I, Isaac is slowly going to get into it. I'm sure. Like you know, Almiron, I like. You know, you know how I feel about him. So he's also had what's his name injured for the last couple of games, which doesn't help. You know, he's clearly by far their most effective. I would say best, but the most Same effective Max. player, Sam Maximan. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and he's a big. Uh, attacking outlet. Almiron, not really big on the goals. Isaac still uh, coming in. Calum Wilson always injured. So really, Saint-Maximin was the 
was the goals guy, at least, you know, I'm not saying the best, but the goals guy. So I think, you know, Newcastle fans aren't going to be too worried right now. They're enjoying the football. They're watching good stuff. Yes, you're right. They just need to turn it into more three points. Absolutely. Um, Steven Gerrard got three points by beating uh, Southampton 1-0. In what was allegedly, I didn't see it, but allegedly this was like one of the worst games of football that's ever taken place. Yeah, another person that just needed points. Honestly, they don't care how they're going to get it. They just needed the points. Um, I don't know. A lot of weird stuff happening at Villa. Like they're not playing well. The whole McGinn being captain thing, the whole Mings thing. Like it was just a mess all around. Uh, McGinn now just has to play the entire game because he's captain. He's not playing well at all. Did you hear um, that he said that if he'd have had to watch this game, he'd have turned it off? <laughs> who said that? McGinn. Wow. Well, uh, also, it's interesting. Like, um, Steven Gerrard took out all five forward players except Oli White. He basically took out an entire midfield. Jesus. By like the 46 minute. By the 70th minute, none of the midfielders are still on, except McGinn. It's not a good look. No, it's not a good look at all. No. Um, Forest 2, Fulham 3. This is a bit more fun. This was a good game. This was a fun game, except for the part where I put um, Mitrovic into my team and he did nothing. Other than that, this was a great game. <clears throat> Both teams going for it. I mean, it was a championship game. Um, but, you know, the championship is watchable, so it was a good game. And I thought both teams played really well. Fulham looked shaky at some parts, and but then they kind of scored two very quick goals, um, which kind of helped them. They scored, I think, right after halftime, um, maybe three or four minutes apart. William <laughs> with an assist. I mean, it is from a corner, but it's still an assist. It was written. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this game. I actually watched it in full. Um, it was a lot of fun. And I think Fulham are playing. I mean, Palinia, I just love. You know, people, the, the people in center midfield who have come through, I think, is Pereira. Is it Pereira at Brighton? No, yep. uh, not Pereira. Uh, is Fulham. it? No, no, no. Pelinia at Fulham. Mm. And that Carrasco slash Caicedo or something. Oh, Moises Caicedo at Brighton. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. At Brighton, is it? Mm-hmm. Um, both of these guys really stood out in the early parts of, this, of the season, like in center midfield, like this high energy doing their thing. But Pelinia, man, like he looked... Good. His goal as well showed great technique for for a deep lying midfielder. I think, yeah, I like him a lot. I like I like what I'm seeing, and he, you know he might be making a jump soon if he keeps playing this way. That's fair. I was actually surprised he went there in the first place because he had been linked with some bigger clubs. Um, Forest, another team who I think I'm just looking now. They've only won one game. Now you shouldn't really expect them necessarily to have won many more, except that their own their owners have spent, you know billions of pounds on a whole new squad and you get the feeling that they're probably not the most patient people in the world i wonder how long steve cooper can last which is sort of mental to say because he just brought them up yeah also he needs to figure out the whole like squinting thing i know it's not his fault but he just looks like he's squinting all the time it makes it look like he doesn't know what he's doing and it's not his fault yeah, poor guy. Like it just looks like he's really struggling for ideas all the time <laughs> when it's like his resting face. Um, but I had to scroll down to see where Nottingham Forest were, and they have four points out of seven. Right, they're they're sitting uh, in nineteenth. But I'm not a big tables guy, so like I don't go to the table. Even Arsenal, like top of the table, like I I'm just not. I'm, I don't know. I'm in general, I'm just not a tables guy. I can't tell you who's where. I just play it by feel and kind of watching the team. So I did not realize you've got. West Ham and Leicester on four points and one point. I did not realize it was that bad yeah, it's not for good. those two teams. I did not realize it was like that dramatic. Yeah. Well, Forest have uh, have Leicester next, so there's an opportunity for a win, except that Leicester probably have a new manager by then and, and get that bounce. So Bottom of the table clash. That bounce. Um, all right, let's do a quick break, and then we'll go into Europe. Nice. And we're back. Um, <laughs> the Madrid derby. Uh, sadly, uh, we have to talk about Vinicius and dancing and disgustingly racist Atleti fans. Um, but, you know, usually, I think in the in the usual course of events, I'd probably want Atleti to beat Real Madrid just for the underdog factor. But, but fuck them this time. I was very glad that Real Madrid pulled this off. So I never liked Real Madrid in general. I was always a Barca guy, a Messi guy, that kind of thing. I did not like the whole Ronaldo thing, blah, blah, blah. But recently, 
they've grown on me with the youth, with the Camavingas, the Chimenis, with the Rodrigos, with the Vinicius, with the Benzema kind of form that he's been in, with all that good stuff. You know, I've they've just really grown on me with Ancelotti being a boss. Like, they're likable. I don't mm-hmm. know if they want that, but they just are. Um, no, it's true. And, and, and getting rid of Sergio Ramos and, and helps, like right? Pepe and all of that helps. Yeah, and then you have like Modric and Cruz who are just like, you know, legends of the game. And we feel like there's just a nice vibe around Madrid that I don't yes. hate them anymore. And they're, they're starting to be very likable, um, even when they're winning. Um, and I think... Yeah, I think this whole Vinicius thing kind of comes into it too. Like, just let people enjoy their football. It's like you know, it's like referees giving Neymar yellow cards for like, for for tricking players. And you know, this is the whole point. Like, like do it. Like, yeah, I I don't know. I think Vinicius, like all the Brazilian players, a lot others as well, like really came out on Twitter and social media. And you know, Jesus did the celebration on the weekend and all that good stuff. Yeah, I think I think that's good. I think the whole racism thing in Europe as well, it's a pandemic, man. Like, it's there. It kind of hides for a bit. But the minute a, bu- a black player does one thing or the other, it comes through so ugly over and over and over. Like, it never really goes away. That's and true. I think... Sp- Spain actually gets away with it a bit in the reputation stakes. Um, you know, Italy yep. is a bit more kind of infamous, but it's there in Spain, absolutely. Because it's more vocal in Italy, but in Spain is there. In Spain, I think, you know, people have shown a lot of instances where players themselves are, you know, you have the Suarez incident. You have, I know it's not Spanish, but you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a cultural thing where, like, the way you refer to black players or talk about them or say this or say that, like, it's, yeah, it's not cool. And I think... You know, Vinny is becoming one of the best players in the world slowly. He's becoming one of the best wingers, definitely, if not the best winger, him and Mbappe up there. Um, mm-hmm. And he's he's a very good player. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think I think what they're doing there and and, and everything, and, you know, they, he needs the support, but keep doing what he's doing. Uh, similarly, Federico Valverde, who has become like... When he came through a few years ago, he was like, an option who would come on late on because he had a ton of energy, he'd like shore up a game, charge around, press, Harry. Um, and he's steadily become just like more and more important. And since Ancelotti came over, he's often used him kind of nominally on the right, um, but also, you know, as part of the front three, but also in midfield. And it just works, man. And now he's getting crucial goals as well. Yeah, and he's he's very versatile. Yeah, he's able to play in that midfield role when when you need someone to just break up play. He's able to play on the wing wide and still be very effective, even if you're trying to attack and also be effective in the sense of oh the other team might be better than us. You kind of pull into midfield and we create almost a four four two. So <clears throat> he's very versatile. He's you know a manager's dream. Very skillful. Very kind of he's got the touch. That goal. I don't know if you saw that goal he scored maybe two weeks ago or the yes. last week or the week yes. before. Brilliant. Just brilliant. And again, another player I forgot to list in the whole youngsters and coming through and stuff. And yeah, I mean, they've they've paid money for some of these players, sure. But at least they're going with some youth and not this like old galactical thing from the past. So that's a good look. Yeah, absolutely. And Canada or the Canadian men's national team are playing Uruguay in a friendly soon, pre-World Cup friendly um, so the, the Canadian midfield, like Eustachio and, well, Atiba Hutchinson, speaking of old dudes, um, is going to go up against presumably Valverde and Bentancourt, which will be a very, very good test for them. So it's mm-hmm. going to be fun to watch. Um, Barcelona won again. Uh, really, I just kind of wanted to throw to you on how easily and seamlessly Lewandowski's fitted in there, which I guess isn't a surprise, but is a little bit. It's not a surprise, but it kind of shows you how maybe he differentiates himself from like an Aubameyang, who's like a level below, right? Yeah. Um, similar age profile. They were killing it at the same time in Germany, but kind of that's kind of where you differentiate yourself. He's able to kind of change it up for someone who's played for the same league and then the same club for a while. Um, I think Lewandowski is doing a f- superb job. And he's got, you know, Barca, I think we have to give them credit. It was butt of the jokes. It was a lot of banter at the start of the of the summer transfer, end of last season, all that good stuff. But you look at their team now. Forget forget the D. Let's just kind of look midfield and ahead. You know, you've got the Pedris, the Gavis, the even Busquets now doesn't look as much of a liability because everyone around them is running and doing their thing. You've got the Kessie, the Frankie, yep. and then up top you've got Rafinha, Dembele, um, Lewandowski, like. It's you know, Chafiz barely comes into your mind when you think oh, about it. Oh, hundred percent, big money on him. 
100%. And Chaffee, you know, even as a manager, I think he's kind of doing a good job as a young manager. I think the way he played the Dembele cards was very smart because where are you going to, you know, when Dembele's playing and you've watched him a couple of times this season, he is one of the best. Mm-hmm. out there like he just is you just got to keep him motivated and in the team and they you know how much money would it have taken to get a winger that good um so i think you know what Zafi deserves a lot of credit but barca are fun to watch again they just are yeah. and against Bayern, like i know they got smacked at the end but the first half it was close enough for a team that is in transition for a team that you know has all their their cards in a row yeah and has a lot of kids playing important role i mean the the players that came off the bench is so Barca be uh was it elche three nil yes um the guys that came off the bench so uh gavi fatty bellerin uh mm-hmm. rafinha and ferran torres like not a bad set of five substitutions at you know at all and also pedri is an unbelievable player he's like phenomenal. just it, it's <laughs> he's he's gonna come through and explode and it's gonna be unbelievable well, I mean, I know he's played like a million games in a row, but we should be able to uh, see him do his thing at the World Cup. Um, Serie A had a big weekend. I mean, it's early, right? But the title chase is looking very, very interesting. So you've got uh, Udinese beating Inter 3-1. Inter had a terrible start to the season. Udinese are third, a point behind Napoli in first. Um, and similarly, Juventus lost again. This time to Monza, 1-0, which is hilarious. Um, Allegri just looks so old. Yeah, it's His Monza's football. first win. <laughs> Newly yeah. promoted team. Um, Pablo Marie's in it. That's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, beat UV 1-0. And what looked like... Um, I don't think... I think an elementary school stadium in the U.S., would look better than this Monza Stadium. Monza Stadium is hilarious. <laughs> Hang on, I gotta look it up and see what it's called. Uh, the Brianteo. Brianteo. You know when you know when one of these bakers makes a, a cake, and they yeah. just don't want to overbuild it. They're like tired. They're like, this is enough. This is yeah. what this is what it looks like. It's it reminds me of Barnet Stadium. Oh, it's a bit. But you know what? It's it's a got a BMO Field vibe, but not even that good, really. I don't think it goes that high. No. I remember like looking at the highlights and the stadium kind of just ended. Like there wasn't a lot of height. <laughs> yeah. You like you could easily kick the ball out of the stadium by mistake. Oh, oh easily. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Alleg- Allegri's under all sorts of pressure. I mean, there are some people saying that Juventus can't afford to sack him because they gave him too big a contract. Um, but it looks really bad, man. Like the players don't seem to be playing for him. When, when someone has experienced this Di, Di Maria gets themselves sent off after 30 something minutes you know there's that something's been broken yeah 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 there's frustration there for sure and and uh, yeah it's 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 interesting how like i mean they're they're only 7 points from the top and it's early and things can change but like it doesn't seem the way they are right now that they're part of this title race whatsoever this season and i mean they do well to kind of come back into the at this point, into the Champions League spots, slowly. I mean, it's still a long place to go, but it, with the, the trajectory they're in, it's not looking good. Yeah. Um, similarly with Inter, they need to sort it out as well. And and Roma have had a bit of a down. They had a good start, but a bit of a downturn recently, and lost one 0 to Atalanta this weekend. Um, and then you had the big one, Milan against Napoli. Um, and Napoli, they often do this. They often start the season on fire, but they. They are so much fun to watch. Um, it's just squad gonna... depth. It's just squad depth, mm. right? Like yeah. with Napoli, it's usually, usually like you've got a fantastic eleven players. They're doing their thing, and then over the season with European football, with all of that, like you just can't, you can't keep it up. No, um, that's true. And yeah, and Milan, like I, I like Milan again. Another team that just seem likable. The Liao's, the the kind of Giroud Renaissance, all that good stuff. I, you know, the Scam. Uh, what's his name? Not Scamacca. Slamanka, whatever his name is. What's his name? With new signing from Milan, Belgian dude. Oh, uh, the Catalera. The Catalera. I don't know why I even yeah. said. Yeah, the Catalera. So I have. So my brother-in-law is an AC Milan fan, and mm. he swears by this guy. He's just like this guy is everything. And you know, I saw a couple of games, and he seemed to be quite good. But you know, just kind of watch out for him. He's yeah. My my brother-in-law is like this guy is just a phenomenal signing. I love him already, kind of thing. He's got um, um, maybe just because he's blonde. 
uh, with floppy hair, but he does have Odegaard vibes to me in terms of his like intelligence, the position he plays, the way he plays. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, Milan are likable. They've got the Tamoris. You know, they, I love their keeper, Manion, or however oh, you say. So I, I think he's so athletic, so good. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the Milan, especially with last season's um, performances Time. and achievements yeah. and title. And, yeah, I think they're my soft spot in Syria. But you're right about Inter and Roma. And, and you know, Roma, obviously, the soft spot for the Dybalas and the um, Tammy, Tammy Abrahams and stuff. Yeah. Actually, Inter are playing Roma next after mm. the international break. So there is an international break coming up, uh, yeah. unfortunately, which sucks. <laughs> yeah, very annoying. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to try and, and say this this guy's name so that I can start, you know, get, get it into my memory bank. Um, Kvica Kvaratskhelia, the Napoli Ooh. winger. The, the Napoli winger with the socks down, the Georgian kid. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, he's playing well. He's so fun to watch. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see if I... I'm trying to see... Oh, okay. Yeah, that's difficult. Yeah, it's not easy. Kvaratskhelia. That's difficult. Um, reminds me of... I don't know why, but just the name. They remind me of that Mod- Modric kid. Modr- in, Modric. Uh, Modric. And yeah. where's Shakhtar? Yeah. Yeah, he, he looks good, man. Like, I know looks... highlights on YouTube and stuff, but how fast... <laughs> like, how deceivingly fast can you be? Yeah. Honestly. Like, he doesn't look like he's a fast player, but he goes. Like, he, he's like a the... fit Arshavin. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, did you see the video of the like super Arabic guy begging Edu to sign him? <laughs> yeah. It's like, Edu, please, or whatever. Please, that Mudrik, please. <laughs> hey, man, he knows what he's talking about. It's he knows so what he's funny. talking about. And um, Edu's just like, yeah, thanks. Yeah, apparently he's an, a bit of an Arsenal fan or something. Or likes Arsenal. So. Aren't they all? Aren't they all? I mean, it's Arsenal Wenger phones, baby. What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? Oh, man. Um, but yeah, no, the Serie A has been very exciting. I mean, we haven't even talked about Atalanta, Udinese. They're all up there last year. They're all doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think Serie A has improved, I would say, over the last couple of years. I think with the Juve grasp kind of loosening, it's yeah. becoming a lot more fun with the Milans having a better team, Inter coming... Th- like, when I say coming through, it sounds like they're a small team. But you know what I mean? Like, they were it was a in while. the doldrums. It was like a decade, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It was a decade of, like, what, eight Juve titles or something? Nine, like, it just wasn't fun. So now it's actually watchable. It's fun. There's, you know, there's things happening. I'm enjoying it a lot more. And I think it's on the zone now. Um, uh, it's on FUBA. Maybe. It's a football. That's why mm-hmm. maybe I'm watching it about because I got football for the Premier League. So I am watching a lot more Serie A when it's on. So that's helping too. Yeah. Uh, actually, um, I was just looking at the bottom of the table and saw Sampdoria and I was reminded that their president said something the other day about how like Harry Winks showed up, did one training session and they haven't seen him since. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. I, I assume he's injured, but the way it was put, was it just yeah, sounded yeah. very funny. It's like he's just disappeared or got lost or something. Interesting. I, I, I don't know. Is he on loan? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, because there's no way he thought this was going to end well. It, no. it reminds me of Artur at Liverpool. doesn't sound like it's going very well. Uh, d- uh, there were rumours, I mean, it was probably bollocks, <laughs> but there were rumours that Klopp <laughs> wanted to send him back after like two days. Who? Didn't they do that with someone with the Aquilani or someone who? There was a midfielder no. recently that kind of just like they said, nope, just like literally sent him back. I don't know if it was Liverpool, but it's ringing a bell of a story. It sounds very BB. familiar. Yeah, right? Some guy joined the team on loan, <laughs> and they went, nope, and they sent him back. I can't remember. Oh, God. Somebody if anyone remembers who that yeah. was, please let us know, because that's, yeah, that's very yeah. funny. Uh, very funny. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's that. And then um, Augsburg beat uh, Bayern Munich 1-0, um, prompting some rumors about uh, Nagelsmann and his future. The Bayern Munich board have said there's nothing in it, but, uh, you know, Tom, Thomas Tuchel is just sitting there needing a job. Oh, if that, there were a uh, time to do it. That cursed uh, backing of the board thing. Yeah. But 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 we know this, right? We know that they like, like the Bundesliga asks Bayern Munich to lose intermittently, randomly. <laughs> yeah. To, to just keep keep it, you know, keep it up and just like kinda like the league is too boring if Bayern just like screw over everybody. Um It's true. But yeah, it's they they have these like it's it's actually crazy. When you think about like the unbeaten stuff, like how did how do Bayern not go more often unbeaten in the league, or how does a Barca during their crazy, you know, two thousand and eight to two thousand and twelve, or what do you not like? You always have this random blip, don't you? 
Like it's yes. it's unexpected, but it happens after a Champions League game or back from an international break or whatever. There's always that blip. It's true. I, I think honestly, you know, one thing is just that everyone's human. And the other thing is that like when the league is that easy, at some point your focus is just going to drop off, presumably. Here's a question yeah. for you. Is next summer time for some big spending Premier League club to put a lot of money down on Alfonso Davis? Hmm. So, left backs are... There's not a lot of them. No. There's not a lot of them. And, I mean, when Cucurella goes for $60 million, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're looking at an, an $85 billion Alfonso Davies. Oh, so. But Todd Bowley would do it. Yeah. it'll. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting because I think right backs, left backs, there's not a lot of them knocking about. I think Alfonso Davies might be a big... I mean, if you think about the fact that Barca still play Alba, and that might that, Marcus, that might Marcus yeah. Alonso. I know exactly. That might be a move. That yeah. might be a move because they definitely need the left back. They attack a lot with their wing backs. So it fits Alfonso Davies, him and Rafinha down one wing. Ooh, yes, please. Yep. Yeah, I could see that. I just, I just I mean, want to watch him more than Bayern, right? Like, yeah, it's not on my radar. I just want to see him more. That's all. Well, and see him tested in a different. In a different way. I mean, I just looked it up. He does have a contract till 2025. So maybe next summer is not the most mm. obvious. Maybe you wait till he's got two years left or something. But I just, I don't know. He's been there a while now. Um, you know, he's won everything yeah, there is to win. But Byron will have some young kid knocking on the door and they won't care about selling Alfonso Davis for 80 million. You know what I mean? No. They'll have some dude that we haven't heard of. 100%. That's coming through and they'll be like, oh yeah, 80 million. Okay, we've got this other 16-year-old that's going to rip it apart. So no, They literally know. have a 16-year-old in the squad. Yeah. What's yeah. his name? Merzik or whatever that guy is. He's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> They've always got these guys. And like Musiala is only 18. And it yeah. feels like he's been around for a while. And he's ridiculous too. Anyway. But yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. There's not a lot of these of, of left and right backs that are out there kind of ready to go fit in and become this amazing attacking force. Yeah. yeah. I just I just saw him. I was prompted because I saw one of those graphs that was showing like the best chance creators across across Europe's top five leagues. And he was right up there and like no one's even talking about him because it's been a while. He was out injured. He had, you know, mm -hmm. myocarditis. He hasn't really been a, a, a prominent topic of conversation much recently, but he's still killing it. So yeah. Yeah, no, agreed. And I think I was watching the maybe Bayern Barca some some game where the commentator was like a was like following the Bundesliga closely enough, etc. And they they had a lot of glowing things to say about how like he's actually very important to how they play. Not mm. he's not just some speed demon who who flings and crosses. Like he's doing that whole Zinchenko thing. He's coming into center midfield, receiving, turning. Like he's a technical player. He's not just kick it and run kind of guy. It makes sense. He can play every position. Well for Canada um, he plays forward like like left wing, right? So Yeah, exactly. Um all right, I want to end by giving you a chance to talk about your favorite your favorite player. because uh, according to you He's back, baby. He's he's back, baby. Messi's back. <laughs> Messi has back found again. his boots. And I, I don't look for the goals and the assists. I look for the little things. I look for the confidence things here and there. And earlier on in the season, slash at the end of last season, it was little things. Little Messi close-your-eye passes that weren't going off. Little confident things where he wasn't taking people on. Like, And I was, I was hurt. I was hurt. <laughs> like, it, 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 you know, it, it touched me deep. And I was hurt. This season, though, it's back. The passes, just that, just, just, just that pass compilation of Messi in the first eight games of the season, is phenomenal. And his assists, and how much he feeds Mbappe, and his goals recently are now coming. Neymar is playing phenomenal. Like them three are playing so well, <clears throat> they just need to figure out the defense so that they can win something that matters. Why did they only beat Lyon one 0 Do we know? Because the keeper slash defender slash all the good stuff, like it just there was like another five goals in this easily, like easily. Okay. okay. Also, Mbappe, like he needs to balance the go get a goal thing and the pass it thing. Like mm. it's just not a good look. Like just you're the main man. You still are, even if you assist people once in a while. But like it's it it's hard to shrug the whole they don't get along trio thing with. More like Neymar, Messi in a bucket, and Mbappe in another. Like it's hard to shrug off when Mbappe literally 
all game did not make a single pass to either of them. Like, that's just <laughs> ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I did hear someone, I forget who was talking about this, but they basically said that like each game tends to start pretty well and they're all working together and then the second <laughs> that one of them doesn't make a pass the other one wants it kind of all falls apart and then they just do their own shit agreed or one of them scores or two of them scores <laughs> and it becomes well this is all about who's gonna do something now it's not about psg scoring more goals like if neymar gets two, well good luck even mbappe like looking at you you know, it's it's kind of one of those things. And I, I, I see it. Like, I'll watch the games because of Messi. And I'll watch it. And I'll be like, at the start, you're right. They're passing it along and whatever. And then once one of them scores, the other person looks at him and goes, well, it's kind of like you already have a goal. It's yeah. like, them what three you are just another one for. Yeah. And it's mainly Neymar and Mbappe. Messi's like, whatever. I'm just doing my thing. But, like, <laughs> Neymar and Mbappe are like, well, I'm not giving you, giving you it. You just scored kind of thing. I'm just going to shoot from this ridiculous angle. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, it's also um, it's going to be interesting interesting to see how they play, whether they play in like mm -hmm. mid mid November or like early to mid November, because all three of them, for various reasons, are going to be waiting for this World Cup, and it's going to be extremely important to all of them. I mean, Messi, it's probably his last, right? Yeah. Neymar, it might be his last, um, and the last one went. And Neymar went thinks, badly. I'm sure, I'm sure they're favorites. They're up there. They've never had a better chance, at least in his in his lifetime. Yeah. Um, and you know, Mbappe will probably have a few more, but still, it's the World Cup, and he's he's you know he might not have as good of a right. squad. Might not have good good of a friend squad as this one. Well, he needs to. Yeah, I don't know. So the, someone needs to sort out the French squad. There's always weird shit going on. <laughs> um, but but to be so, I just remember when you find weird stuff happening in the French squad, like. To the whole Juve thing, they also bought Pogba and gave him a lot of money for someone who's not playing a single game. Like that so could be transformational in a league like Syria. Yes, but the the thing with Pogba is that like if you'd watched any of the last five years, you would know not to spend a lot of money on him. But it's Syria. Yeah, like that. That's a factor of like he'll still turn up with minimal effort and kill it. Yeah, but he's never. Anyway, it's just, yeah, he's he's out until what? I mean, he's going to miss the World Cup, isn't he? Probably. Uh, I don't know if he's still in custody. Yeah, <laughs> he's not in custody. He is. He's being protected. Being protected. Yeah. Okay. So that he doesn't. <laughs> By who? McTominay. Release. I would hire McTominay for that. Yeah, really. What, what is it? it? What, what we used to be release Pogba or something? What was a stupid Unlock Man United? Pogba. Unlock Pogba. Freaking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's never needed more unlocking. Yeah, I would. I would hire. This is this is what they should do, right? They should absolutely retire from being footballers because they're rubbish. And McTominay and Ander Herrera should just set up a private security firm. Yeah, Ander Herrera is very good at following people around. Exactly. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. On all seriousness, this Pogba stuff coming through. It sounds like his whole life has been this turmoil yep. of gangs, his brother, blah, blah, blah. So, like, surely it's also affecting performances while he was at United. If this is all like, it's not easy going back home and thinking about, like, is my house rummaged and robbed? Or is do I have another threat from a family member? Like, mm -hmm. it must have been not easy. You know what I mean? 100%. And, and I think there's probably a lot more players dealing with this than we ever yeah. hear about. Sure. Um, so, it's, yeah, it is something to take into account. I think football fans often look at a player being off form and make very swift conclusions but it's like stuff can be going on in these people's lives you know yeah they're human it doesn't, have to be, it doesn't have to be this kind of stuff but it could be anything and we just don't know yeah no big big deal and like you think about like when when we talk about players choosing transfers we never talk about well where does their wives want to live and where do their kids go to school we never we never even start to venture into these things. We're just like, oh my god, yes, a great opportunity for them, or a lot of money move. It's like, mm -hmm. well, you know, I'm I'm 28. My kid's been school for like five years. Like, you know, like there's yeah, there's considerations that we never think of. We never think of them as human beings. We just yeah. like, here's a name, here's a contract, let's do it. Why did he pick that club? Because he was escaping a gang. Leave him alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, we thought we did to be fair, bring that up with the Napoli boys. Oh, 100%. We did the Hamsix and the... Yeah, we did. Yeah, Hamsix has been moving every year since just to try and... Yeah, witness protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's why he has a new haircut every time you see him. 
It's a good point. Sometimes glasses, sometimes not. He is it's all so adding skinny. up, actually. He is so skinny. Like, his face is so skinny. Yeah, he's very gaunt. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you live your life on the run. <laughs> you, you eat canned beans. <laughs> Over a campfire. All right, that's probably a good sign. Canned beans, that's, that's the sign to turn it off. It's been an hour on the dot. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, I've been Alex, he's been Mohanad, and we'll be the same people next time we talk to you. Take care. Bye.